If you're looking for ways to bring more joy into your running and you want to be a physically and mentally stronger runner, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Hey runners, so we've got a guest on the podcast today and we are going to be talking about how running can help us in other areas of our lives, specifically through patience and perseverance. So today we're talking to Doug Barna and Doug has been running for most of his life, starting out competitively as a young teenager. We talk about a little bit about his story, how he got into running, what happened after high school and what he did with his running from there and then how he uses his running today. Because today, Doug uses his running to push himself both physically and mentally, increasing lengths and difficulties throughout the years. Running is his meditation time as he transitions the lessons running teaches over to life. When he isn't putting in the miles, Doug's heads up acclaimed Summit LLC, where he supports engineers through their careers by teaching them how to improve their communication in the workforce. It's a great conversation with Doug today, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so I am here today with Doug Barna, and I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. So I want to start off today by just getting letting our listeners get to know you a little bit. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into running. Yeah. So my name is Doug Varna. I'm all, I'm a leadership coach. I actually help a lot of engineers progress through there through either project leadership or just people management. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I've been running for a little while, ever since like middle school and high school with cross country. Mm-hmm. And I've just continued to run ever since then. It's been a great part of my life and it's been helpful to help me, you know, be more mindful of things, to, to meditate, to have more of a Zen place in the day. So running has been a big part of my life for a very, very long time. That's awesome. So did you continue running after high school continuously or did you ever take a break? No, I don't think I've ever taken a break Okay. Uh, other than maybe a week here or there after a race. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I've, I've been running, I've been running pretty, pretty much straight for, for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So when you left high school and you could just train on your own and you could now decide, right? Like if there was no coach anymore telling you what you had to do, where did you decide to go with it? Did you decide that you wanted to kind of stay with the same distances and get faster? Or did you decide you want to kind of try increasing your, your length of your runs? Like, where did you kind of go with running when you got the chance to choose what to do with it? No, that's a great question. Cause the answer is very simple. It was length, obviously with cross country, it was, you know, five K's and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, as soon as, soon as I took over, it was basically half marathons and marathons. Okay. It was, and, and at that point too, it was, I've gotten to the point very quickly that anything, any race less than double digit mileage is, is not worth my time. Me personally, I, Hey, if you want to run shorter races, go for it. But for me, if, if it's under 10 miles, I'm not even, I don't even sign up. So you're not interested. I'm not. And okay. that progressed, that progressed even more. Because after the marathon thing kind of got a little bit boring, I got into the obstacle course racing. Okay. So I got into the Spartans and the Tough Mudders of the worlds. They also just happened to be starting at that point too. So that was kind of cool. And so that took me to that next level of staying at a high mileage, but then throwing on 
now all the obstacles and the and the weight training and the and the upper body half of of different things like that too. So yeah. that that took me to the next step of pushing myself a little bit further. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you're always trying to challenge yourself here with like uh-huh. harder and harder things. Pretty much, because then after that, all those marathons were in Chicago. So it's nice and flat. So and h- how many did you do? I, I only did one half marathon and one marathon. Okay. So I, I used the half marathon to train for the marathon. And then I ran the marathon. It was actually the 2008 marathon in Chicago that okay. got canceled due to all the humidity and heat. And oh, all sorts of crazy yeah. Things. That one that they started pulling runners off the course. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to finish. And again, that was just because I pushed myself and I trained in the heat and humidity and got ready mm-hmm. for it. It was just really bad that morning. But so that that just took me to kind of running got a little bit boring. And so I got a little bit into the more obstacle course racing. Like I really enjoyed the 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 two-sidedness of mm-hmm. obstacle course racing, the the endurance and the running, and then the also the the upper body strength and all that kind of stuff as well. Okay. When did you do your first obstacle course race then? Like probably the very next summer, if I if I remember. Correctly. Okay. So like yeah. 2009, essentially. So yes. have you been then doing obstacle obstacle course racing since then? I try to get one one a year. Yep. yep. Okay. So going back to, to running, you know, obviously when you are training for an OCR and have that on the calendar, that's your focus. But what does your running and your training look like for the rest of the year? That's well, very similar. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a wave so that we don't destroy our bodies and we don't kind of peter out and, and get bored with the running. So it's a wave in mm-hmm. the winter. It's a little bit shorter runs still, you know, my long Sunday runs are still probably, you know, 90 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, then they start to get up to, you know, two hours, two and a half hours on Sundays. And then during the week, it's again, nothing less than an hour and just ups and downs and hill, hill work and speed work. And I throw in a lot of calisthenics. So skipping mm-hmm. and hopping and other things inside of that, that running yeah. as well, in order to, it's it, again, it's keeping endurance. And even with the obstacle course races, I don't do anything less than, you know, the 10 miles, 15 miles. Mm-hmm. So the running part is important. And then of course, pushing myself so that I get a better time than last time too. So mm-hmm. not only overcoming the obstacles, but getting quickly from, from one obstacle to the next. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what it is. So in the summers, while you're, you're getting ready for the obstacle course races, it's a little bit more intense, a little bit longer races to get prepared for those longer distances. And then in the winters, it's a little bit shorter stuff just to kind of take a little bit of the wear and tear off the body and, mm-hmm. and kind of recuperate a little bit. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like getting into other races, like in between your OCRs, or is that just not any area of interest for you? I thought about it. I think I'm also a little bit extra competitive with myself. So sometimes, sometimes just keeping an eye on one race has been good. It's actually really nice if some of the OCRs are kind of sprinkled in. Cause I'll, I'll do that exact thing where I'll maybe halfway through my training for, you know, the Spartan, I'll, I'll throw in a, you know, a tough mud or something just to kind of, kind of throw that in as well. But so you kind of have one bigger goal race. That's that mm-hmm. longer, more intense race. And then you might do a couple others along the way in training for that thing. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that's a really common way that a lot of runners do train too, but I also want to kind of connect with those runners who maybe 
don't really like racing that much because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's this idea in the running community that like, if I don't race, then I'm not really a runner or what, what's the point of training? If I'm not actually racing, I can just go out and kind of do the same thing every day. Why would I push myself if I don't actually have a race on the calendar? There's a lot of people that think that they have to have that race in order for them to stay motivated. So with you, with like having like really that one big race on the calendar, like how do you kind of, um, reconcile that, you know, like training nine months out when you know that that race is like pretty far in the distance? Yeah, that's a great question because I really like to use my running as that meditation time, mm-hmm. my, my Zen. I'm, I'm actually horrible at sitting still meditation. It's just not who I am and I can't, I can't do it. But when I'm running, I can then clear my mind and really focus. So For me, a lot of times too, in my leadership courses, I like to work with people on understanding how we can use our hobbies and use the things that we love to do to learn those lessons that we need as a leader or as a manager. Mm -hmm. And running is a great one in particular due to perseverance and patience. So for me to keep going and to kind of take those winters off and the falls off, it's not about taking it off. It's just about kind of rehoming who I am through that meditation style and focusing on different things like perseverance and like patience. So I can still challenge myself because we're, we're actually learning and we're actually practicing those difficult human being skills and how we can then use those skills from running into life, into mm-hmm. work, through our families. You know, when we're stuck in traffic, what can we learn from our running to help us in those situations is basically what kind of keeps me going throughout the year. Like you asked is, is the meditation part is the mindfulness part is the clearing of the head is the de-stressing that running allows me. That's, that's what drives me when a race isn't on the calendar. Mm, Yeah. I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that. You know, that there's a lot of people out there that believe that running does improve their mental health in that way. But you mentioned also like the lessons that we learn from running. And this is one of the big things that we love to do here on the podcast is really connect running with our real life, right? Like hence real life runners, like how does running actually help us get better in our real life. Yeah. you like, yeah, sure. It's important that we want to get faster, but is it really right? Like the number on the clock is just a number on a clock. It's what we make that number represent. And it's what we learn about ourselves on the journey to that number, whether that's a number on a clock or whether that's a certain distance that we're trying to work up to, right? Like those numbers matter, but they also don't matter at the same time. Right. right. So when we talk about, when you talk about like some of the things that you've learned from running that you then use to make other areas of your life as a human better. What are some of, what are like maybe one or two of your top favorite things that running really helps to teach you on a daily basis? Yeah. So I, I, I mentioned them perseverance yeah. and patience. Perseverance is a big one for me. Obviously I like to push myself from our previous stories, but it's also perseverance within life. I mean, life is a struggle. I don't know if we've watched the news lately, but things are going crazy. At least my standpoint. And so how do we persevere through things like that? What happens when we have a sick family member? What happens if we have, you know, an issue with a repair or something financial that we need to work through? through? For me, it's that, you know, the running has taught me all those lessons to persevere through that by taking step by step, pun intended, to actually accomplish your goal. So step by step through the training log, right? So if you have 12 weeks of training, we know that we can 
run every day, we're going to get better and we're going to be ready for a race or whatever 12 weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Well, that take that same lesson through perseverance when something horrible goes wrong with your life. Just take it step by step. And as you chip away at each training day, it's going to get better as long as you just keep focusing on it. Some days are going to be bad. We know that through running. Some, some running days are just not great. And we just have to either slug through it or just take it easy so we don't get injured. And that's like life as well. And some days are going to be great and we're going to have a great pace and we're going to, we're not going to know who we are and and we're going to whip past that house that we usually have to turn around at. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's the same type of lesson when you're struggling with something, an illness, a family member is going through a struggle financially and good times too. We want to take good times and persevere through the good times and learn through those as well. And I, like I said, I think running every day, whether you have a race or not really does teach you that perseverance part. You know, is is the weather bad outside? Did you have to persevere through the cold and the snow and the sleet? Or is it too hot? Like for me, I've just, I'm not great running in the heat, but if I can practice running in the heat, that teaches me how to persevere through that obstacle for me. Mm -hmm. And so just spin that around when we have life issues that we need to persevere through. Patience is another one. Obviously, I think patience is is a big one for everyone. We need to have patience with the people at work. We need to have patience with politics. We need to have patience with a lot of social media and all that kind of awesome stuff. If you if, don't mind my sarcasm. Um, so how do we learn patience through running? Obviously, if we're a long distance runner, we probably have a lot of patience to work through our individual training day, but everybody, even if you run shorter distances, that might be as long as you can go. And so you're learning patience there. Our favorite is the dog leash clothesline. So when you're running through the park and there's that fun dog owner who's got their dog on one side and, and they're on the other, there's patience there. We learn patience as we run along and, and come up to those dog leash clotheslines. So as you're running, as far as I you know do it, is when those instances occur after they've calmed down and after you've gotten kind, kind of got rid of it, is take a moment and think, okay, that was a great lesson. How do I put that into life? How do you have patience with the guy that cuts you off in traffic on your way to work? How do you have patience with the coworker who didn't deliver the deliverable that they were, they were asking for? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, that's a big use of running to focus on how do we learn the lessons from running? Well, when we're in this state of euphoria, when we have this runner high, when we're physically doing these things, we can kind of handle the patience part and the perseverance part a little bit easier And so then we just need to take the time to mindfully meditate on that so that we can spin it around in life and, you know, use that lesson from the running from yesterday for the issue for today. Yeah. I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I just, I find it very interesting that you chose patience and perseverance because to me, those seem like two very different ends of the spectrum, which, and which is why I really like that you chose those two things. Because when I was listening to you talk about perseverance and, you know, your desire to always be challenging yourself, I think that a lot of runners can fall into that trap sometimes. And I, and I call it a trap intentionally because while it is very, it can be very alluring, right. To like, try to get better and constantly be growing and challenging ourselves. And I think that that's fantastic. But I also think that some runners get caught up in that and they are constantly looking for how to make it harder. Right. And and see like, how can I keep challenging myself? How can I make it harder? How can I find something to like push through and persevere? And I think that that 
actually leads a lot of runners into some trouble because they're constantly looking for something harder, something more pushing themselves to those extreme levels. Right. Which is why I really like how you brought patience in there too, because there are those times where you do have to pull back and you do have to say, okay, like maybe I don't need to be pushing myself all the time. Maybe I actually do need to pull back and understand like there's a season, you know, for you mentioned winter pulling back and understanding like, okay, that it needs to be a little bit easier here because running can also feel easy as well. Like it doesn't always have to feel hard. Yeah. That's a good point that they are on kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I didn't actually think about that when I <laughs> see you did that. it unconsciously because you knew, <laughs> I, but I, I think guess that so. that's, it's important though, because I think that like a lot of runners do fall into that, like perseverance trap and of like, mm-hmm. this has to be hard. I have to keep pushing. Right. But like, what if it's allowed to also be easy? Like, what if we're also allowed to be patient with ourselves and understand that running is a journey and that we have to allow the appropriate amount of time. We can't just be pushing through constantly and persevering and like, you know, like strong arming our way through it. We also have to be patient and allow for our bodies to reap the benefits of like some of those harder workouts and seasons. Yeah. I think one of the things that we always have to remember, and maybe it's a mantra that we need to tell ourselves is that a rest day is a workout, Mm. right? So, so that maybe ties into your perseverance and your patience. Like, yeah, you know, I run six days a week, right? So there's always that one day of rest. Well, that rest day is still a workout and I plan it that way. So if I'm running every day at like 4 p.m. in the afternoon, at 4 p.m., I now schedule a nap on that one rest day. So it's actually a scheduled training day, Mm -hmm. but then inside of it says nap or rest or something else. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think sometimes we do need to I think the perseverance that you're talking about could be that we actually put it into our training plan. Like, Mm. yes, I'm going to persevere and that we actually do this. This is my training plan. And then the patience is, okay, yes, I'm not running, but it is actually a workout. This is part of my workout so that I could do it better next time. You're right. Yeah. Like after races and stuff, that's, yeah, I want to keep running and I'm in a good shape and I'm all that kind of stuff. I also know that sometimes you just need, you know, a couple, three days to just relax and let things settle in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and isn't it funny that like, sometimes the rest is the harder part for some people, right? Because we, we, I think that there's a certain amount of satisfaction that we get from the challenge, right. From pushing through, from doing hard things. You know, that's one of the things that we like to say around here is like runners do hard things. Like you can do hard things. And I think that there's a, a certain amount of like satisfaction and pride that comes from doing hard things. But I feel like, especially in our society and our, our culture today, there's not as much pride around the easy stuff and like the restful stuff, which is just as important as the hard stuff, right? Because if we do the hard stuff without the easy stuff, we're just constantly breaking our body down and we're not actually reaping the benefits of those hard days. But so I I really actually find it so interesting. And I I like saw your engineer brain working here. of like, I schedule in my nap, you know, like exactly. And it's so funny because I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that, right? of like really having a hard time taking the rest days. Like that is actually harder for some people than it is to like do the hill workouts and do all the harder things. So can you speak to that a bit of like, how do you balance, you know, that idea within yourself since you are someone that really likes the challenge? 
maybe it's experience. I hate to say that as that's not much, not much of a tip, but maybe it is a tip. Maybe it is that we have, you have to take, the listeners have to take Doug and Angie's word for it and actually schedule in the nap and give it a shot, mm-hmm. right? Take a year's worth of training and actually give it a shot and see where you're at. And yeah. every, every month or every nine, sorry, every month or every 12 weeks to actually see how you're doing that you actually did schedule in the nap this time or the, the rest day or those types of things. But maybe it is experience to where I gave in to my, because my coaches were the ones that pushed me that, to this in, in high school and cross country and stuff. So, you know, I, as a bright eyed, bushy tailed little kid, I was, you know, okay, I'm doing what you're telling me to do coach. And so I guess I got that experience by doing it, by doing what I was, was told by my coaches. And so I realized the benefits through that, ex- that experience, as opposed to just, you know, having that. But again, I think it goes back to how do we take our running experiences and spin it around to, to real world stuff. Yeah. So to your point, like this is a great time to practice taking a rest. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's practice it in our running and see what the results are so that we can push it into our, our real, you know, our real world life or, or whatever you want to call it outside yeah. of running. Cause I agree with you. I think in the, in the world, especially in, in the office and at home, we're pushing and pushing and pushing and having to do so many things and go to, you know, go to a barbecue and, and go to a sporting event and hang out with these people and then do something on Sunday and then do this thing after work on Monday. Yeah. That, you know, every once in a while you can just say no and can just take a, take a break. And so can you learn that from your running and see how successful it is through your running when you take that rest day? Can you then transition it into, into life and into work and just say, Hey, let's take a break. Let's think about this for a minute and just take a day on it. Yeah. Or vice versa too. Right. Like if we think about like our real life and then translating it to running, right. Of, of if people do have a hard time believing in the importance and the power of rest days or not just rest days, but easy days as well. Right. Because running should feel easy. Most of the time, that's how we coach our people. We coach with the 80, 20 rule running should feel easy most of the time. And then 20% of the time you need those harder days, right? You need those hard workouts, but how do you feel in your real life when it's constantly go, 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 right? When you're not taking that time, like you said, to have a blank day on your calendar where you're allowed to just kind of sit around and read a book or watch Netflix or go in the pool or do whatever you might want to do. And if you're constantly scheduled and going and people need more from you, like how do you feel when that happens, right? And then let's, let's apply that over to our running. Like, I think it goes both ways. Like, yes, we can take lessons from running and apply them to our real life, but also taking our real life and applying them to running, understanding that, yeah, you're right. Like if I am constantly pushing, if I feel like I have to work out every single day for me to benefit, that's just going to lead for me to, to me feeling completely exhausted and burnt out. Well, yeah, it's, it's the exact opposite, right? That yeah. you're burnt out or exhausted or you're injured. Or injured. So that's, Right. So that's the funny part where the, you know, athletes, particularly runners where they work, 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 and then they have to take two weeks off because they, they, you know, bummed up a knee or they, they took out a muscle. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so are you really progressing when you're sitting on, on the couch for two weeks trying to repair, or are you progressing because you took one day off to repair and that actually helps your body to to do it. I also, you know, think about it too. I, I like that too, because in the office, again, going back to my leadership coaching, 
that I tell, I tell my folks, you know, when we brainstorm or when we, we have a problem, sometimes it's good to just sleep on it. So you're at the office, you got a problem, you're, you're working on an issue and it's just not working. Great. You got all these ideas up on the whiteboard. You got all these ideas going, just go home, come back tomorrow. Like you don't have to solve it that day. And having that break then gave you that opportunity to actually think about it. Maybe an idea pops up in your head in the shower and you can bring it back in the next day. And so to your point where you have life experiences, can you tie them into running? Maybe some, some of the folks can you know, have that aha moment in the shower or aha moment when you're walking the dog. And can you relate that to your, to your running? So sometimes you actually make that progress in your running because you took the time off and your body had that aha moment and you, and you gave your body that aha moment. So then you could get back to running the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like to take that one step further too, like when you are talking to your clients and helping them like solve a problem, right? We, as humans, we always go to our minds, right? We're always trying to think our way through problems, but I love what you say there because you're like, just put it all out there. Yeah. I'll go home. And then like you said, maybe sometimes an idea will just come to you, right? And it's when we allow ourselves that time in the silence where we're not just trying to solve the problem, where we are allowing the answers to just come to us. I think that we can tie that to running too, because it's like, we are always trying to figure out how to get better, right? And so you're like, well, if I could just follow this plan or do this workout or those shoes or all these things, when how often do we actually connect with how we are feeling as a runner, like how it feels in our body? Yeah, I, it, you. as you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, you're not giving yourself time to even mentally understand if it's working. Or physically or, understand, actually feel if it's working. Yeah, true. And, and tying that into the mental part, I guess is what I, where I was going is yeah. taking the time to actually sit with your body and actually feel it. But at the same time, telling yourself, okay, did that work? Is that not working? I think another thing too, is maybe if you need a rest day, right? We all need our rest day, but if you need to keep pushing, can you use the rest day to look up a new workout, look up more advice from other runners, take, you know, listen to the podcast so that you can get those tips, but you're not running. And so physically you're actually resting, but then you're still kind of putting the running into that rest day Mm -hmm. by reading a book or reading an article or listening to a podcast in order to get those tips or tricks or a new training regime to actually push yourself. Because some, sometimes maybe we're pushing ourselves with the same routine and that's not actually what we need. We just need to, we need to switch up the, the, the routine. We need to change our long run day to maybe a Saturday instead of a Sunday or a speed workout from Monday to Thursday. So if you changed up your body, which got into a very, I got used to the habit of running. Maybe all, maybe you just needed to sit for a minute and say, Hey, let's just rearrange the the workout week for a week and see how our body feels. If we do that. Yeah. Or just challenge the way that we're thinking about our running, right? Like exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying, right? Instead of it having to be a physical challenge, it can be a mental Mm -hmm. challenge. And that's one of the things we like love helping runners with is just to like, how can you think about this differently? Mm -hmm. Because I think that that alone can completely change the way that you train, right? Like you're choosing right now to focus on the hard stuff, but what if you just try to focus on the easier stuff, right? What if you just tried to, like you said, you know, use, use those rest days to your advantage and figure out how those are actually helping you become a better runner. Yes. 
Yeah. The, the, yeah. Going through the mind loops too, while you're running. Right. So yeah. what I, what I consider a mind loop is how is your body feeling? So where are your ankles at? What are your knees doing? Mm. What are your hips doing? Right. How, how are you breathing? Are you bent over at the, at the core or are you sitting up straight, which mm-hmm. I needed to do obviously where are your shoulders, right? How are you, you know, are you smiling? Are you doing all those things? So that's my mind loop is you start from your, your toes and you go to the tip of your head and you just kind of check in with your body. So that's what I do a lot during long runs too, is, is that another thing that your folks are doing from a, a thought process as well? So maybe you know, you take your day off or even during the runs as I, as I like to do it, is you take a moment to actually think about where all this stuff is, how is it happening? Where is the positioning of all your, your joints and your muscles so that you're actually reminding yourself to run in proper form and breathe properly and do, do all those kinds of things properly as well. I love that. Is that, is that like how you use your running as more of like a meditative type of, of thing is like kind of doing that body check throughout? No, I I guess it does seem like a meditative type of thing, but it's more of just getting better as a runner. So it really is checking in on the running form and my breathing technique, just to remind myself, because, because as we run, we're just going to get lazier and lazier and kind of collapse in, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and go to where our muscles feel the most comfortable because maybe a certain muscle is weak or another muscle might just be tired and other things like that. So it's really just reminding, it's more about the running and reminding my body that this is the correct form. And are, are we, you know, all 206 muscles and all the, is it muscles or bones and all that kind of stuff? Are we in the right spot as a team? And so it's basically like every mile or, you know, oh, here comes a, a cross street. It's just one of those reminders as you go along that every, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes, however often you want to do it to just kind of realign yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you do that more then obviously you should, you should be realigning less, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's the practice of, of realigning, but yes, it, maybe it did come from meditation, but I, that, I mean, it is, a, it's a form of right. it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's, form it's, of, of actually getting into your body and feeling what is actually happening here in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really, for me, it's much more towards the running aspect than it is from a mental aspect. It's really just about the muscles and the joints and are we all aligned? Mm -hmm. Which is good. And I, but I think that you could also like, you're already doing it. So like, it is a way for you to just mindfully check in on yourself, right? Like it's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, like how running can make us more mindful. Like that is that is mindfulness at its core is like just checking in and see like, where am I right now? Where, what position is my body? And like bringing that mindfulness into running can definitely help running feel a heck of a lot better. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're collapsed over and your shoulders are hunched over. <laughs> yeah. And when you tell yourself to do that, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh man. And then you got a nice little spurt, speed spurt there. Cause yeah. you're like, oh yeah, that's what I was supposed to be doing. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So this has been great, Doug. So is there anything else that you want to mention, you know, before we wrap up here that you want our listeners to take away from this episode? No, I think the main point, I guess, is from our, our conversation was how to, how do you use running to learn those lessons, those, those difficult human being lessons so that you can take them back into life. You can take them back into the workforce. You can take them back into traffic. You can take them back to your family, especially. So patience and perseverance, again, are the two big ones that I learned through running and and repetition that I can kind of make mistakes, get them off my chest while I'm running, while I'm physical, while I'm doing all that kind of stuff. 
and then practice, practice, practice so that I can turn it back around and be a little bit better for the family and be a little bit better for my team at work and all, and all that kind of stuff, be a little bit better for society and culture. Mm-hmm. If, if, and, if I can be. And what do you think that is? Like, how do you actually take those things and translate them into you being a better version of you? Well, again, I think, well, the better version of me, I think is really the persistence part, because again, that's just who I am as a person, my character. It's not push. giving up. Right. And okay. so for every individual out there, I think it's a little bit different. So maybe running teaches another person how to have more confidence. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem for me, but that might be another person's character is that they need a little bit more confidence. So how does running? So for me, it might be perseverance, but for the next person might be confidence. So how does running help you with confidence? And as you run, can you practice your confidence somehow to then turn it back around into life, into your life to be more confident so that you can be there for your family. And then patience, I think is for everyone, mainly because I think patience is one of the core building blocks of empathy. And I think empathy is waning in a lot of folks right now. And I would really love to see empathy really kind of build up and grow throughout our culture and our society. And I think patience primarily is one of the large building blocks of empathy, having patience with other people, having patience with their situations, having the patience to listen to people. Mm -hmm. And so how can we learn patience and how can we improve our patience so that we can also improve our empathy. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I love that. All right. Well, Doug, thank you so much for your time and thank you for being here and sharing all of your valuable insights with our listeners. If anybody wants to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So my primary is LinkedIn and you can just look me up at Doug Barna. My YouTube channel is also Doug Barna. So I'm, I'm there a lot as well. And then Instagram and Facebook is under my business, which is acclaimed summit but you'll see my name all over that as well. But uh, LinkedIn is my primary under Doug Barna. Okay, awesome. And we'll put those links in the show notes, of course. And you mainly help with leadership. Like what is it that you actually do for people that might want to work with you? Yeah, so I work with a lot of folks to help them better understand other folks. And in turn, we get down to the communication bit. So we're working hard to understand other people so that we can communicate better. And so it's really tied in with work um, primarily. And I work with a lot of engineers, tech, tech people, mechanical engineers, civil, all that good stuff to, again, understand people a little bit better so we can communicate a lot better. Yeah. So you work with the thinkers that, to help them like connect to that more empathetic and feeling side of things. A lot of thinkers, a lot of introverted <laughs> yeah. leaning folks, those types of people who are, are really good at solving problems. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is we want to give them the communication skills so that they yeah. can actually share those solutions and, and help, help, the, help the world. I mean, our solutions help the world. So I want to help as much as I can. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for being here today. And uh, hopefully our listeners will, will connect with you. And yeah, thanks yeah, so this much. Is- Yes. Thank you so much. This has been great. I love talking about running. And yes, if the listeners do want to reach out, please make sure you mention this podcast. So I, I know who you are and, and we can connect. That'd be Fantastic. great. Fantastic. Thanks so much. All right, runners, hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Doug. If you're interested in connecting with Doug online, we'll have all of his information in the show notes. So go check those out over at realliferunners.com. Click on podcast at the top of the page and that will take you to all of our episodes. 
Thank you, as always, for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 292. Now get out there and run your life.